1: If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
0: The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write.
2: Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor.
0: And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're gonna bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu.
2: Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen.
1: Breaking down every game every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson.
3: Hey Warmer Brother, hello. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the baseball betting show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Visa Family podcast. We've got a great podcast for you. Here in segment number one, we're going to give you a little bit of a recap as of what we saw in terms of ALCS game number two, NLCS game number one, and then chat about both of these series, sort of the lay of the land with all four of these teams. With Curtis Rogers, Curtis Rogers did a great job all season long with regards to pre and post game hosting over at 710 Seattle Sports for the Seattle Manors, their main flagship station. So he's had a nice up close and personal view of the Rangers along with the Houston Astros. So we're going to be diving quite a bit on that series as we actually recorded this during the 8th inning of that game when it was looking like the Texas Rangers were going to be able to get the job done, and indeed they did. So we're going to be taking a look at that front, some of the X-Factors that we're finding in both of these series. What are the chances that the Arizona Diamondbacks can Pull a little bit of an upset here in the NLCS. We're going to be diving in on that and so much more. And then in the final segment, going to get you guys picks and analysis on game number two of the NLCS. As we touch them all, if you have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at ernest Artist 41. Keep in mind, letters Y, M, They mean does not matter as per usual. Please send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Did not get in any Twitter slash X questions today, but had a fun day of baseball on Monday. Let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know that he seems a little bit better.
1: games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the Rowdy Recap.
3: The underdogs stay hot in the postseason. They're hitting right around 60% right now. The Texas Rangers... They get it done against the Houston Astros 5-4 as Framber Valdez continues to be in absolutely horrible form. Two and two-thirds innings gives up five runs, four of which were earned, and credit where it's due to the bullpen after From Valdez got completely destroyed, which hilariously is over on strikeout props still hit as he got six of his eight outs being strikeouts, but yeah, not a great time of it as he did allow a home run in that time span to Jonah Heim, but... From there, everyone else did a solid job, for the Astros I have to wonder if someone like Hunter Brown might take his spot in the rotation if the Astros are able for it, so like a Game 5, Game 6, something like that, as Ryan Presley, Brian Abreu, they both provide a scoreless innings, Phil Maton, he got a pair of outs out the bullpen, JP France, two and a third innings scoreless, Rafael Montero, he was able to give you four outs out the bullpen, scoreless, and René Valdi. Not quite as dominant as he was in his first two postseason starts, but still very serviceable. Gave up three runs in six innings, including a pair of home runs as Jordan Alvarez took him deep, along with Alex Bregman and Alvarez. Now his six home runs in the postseason as he would go deep off of Earl Deschamines as well. We've seen a roll to Shem give up a home run out there in the city of Houston in the postseason as he had a pair of outs that gave up that home run. Joshua Boris uh, was able to end a scoreless inning and Jose Leclerc one and a third inning scoreless. So the Hesteros they are very much against it and This total of eight and a half, it did go over, and then I am doing this as the Phillies and the Arizona Diamondbacks game is in the seventh inning. It's just going to the bottom of the seventh inning with the Phillies leading by kind of five to three. Total is anywhere between seven and seven and a half. And our DK now we're going to pick now is able to come through, so very happy about that one. But for Zach Allen, this was not the start that he was looking for. He made it five innings, but he allowed five runs, all of which were earned, including not one, not two, but three home runs. Bryce Harper gets home run number four, Nick Ozianos Now, has five home runs in three postseason games. Kyle Schwarber, he gets his first of the postseason. He had been relatively silent to that point for Kyle Nelson. He has come in, and he has lent a squirrel setting. But Geraldo Perdomo was able to take Zach Wheeler deep. His second of the postseason as Wheeler. He was wheeling and dealing. He made it six innings, giving up two runs. He did have Sir Anthony Dominguez give up an unearned run in two-thirds of an inning before Jose Alvarado was able to clean it up in the seventh inning. And the Dominguez unearned run due to his own throwing error, which I feel like we've got to find a way to keep these pitchers accountable for that. But that is what we saw in Major League Baseball Monday. Looking like the... Phillies should be able to get the job done. Had to do this in a little bit advance because the Greg Peterson experience on Eason, and it's from 9 to midnight, so if the Phillies don't get it done, certainly you're going to be hearing about that, but how about if we now turn our attention to our chat with Curtis Rogers, who does absolutely impeccable work out there in the city of Seattle. Over at seven ten Seattle Sports, taking a look at so many different things. He was doing these Seattle Manners pre- and post-game hosting when that was going on. Unfortunately, their season is done, but as we know, there's a pair there of West teams that are currently doing battle, trying to be able to get to the World Series. Does nice work when it comes to the Seattle Seahawks and all of their anchor works. Take a look at things with the Seattle Kraken, and in a few weeks, he's going to be an ace when it comes to college basketball front as well, and you're able to follow him on Twitter slash X, at a kid from Kent all together. And Curtis,
2: always great to get you aboard. Thank you. Greg, always appreciate hopping on with you, and yeah, like you mentioned, Parabelle West teams battling in the American League Championship series right now. Had a very interesting viewpoint of both ball club from an opposing dugout. But Astros and Rangers right now, Texas taking game one and look at their run here in the playoffs. I mean, they have just been on fire throughout.
3: Yeah, it has been absolutely amazing. And what have you made out of the pitching of Nathan Evaldi? Because we saw him in game two. He did give up a few runs, but certainly left that game with a lead, ironically enough, as we do this. We're in the eighth inning as we do this podcast with the Texas Rangers leading that one. But I I feel like he really has been the X factor for the Texas Rangers because we knew this team was going to hit. The big question was the pitching, and I feel like Evaldi's trio of good
2: starts has really elevated the Texas Rangers team here in the postseason. I like that you mentioned him being the X factor for the Rangers, and it feels like that's been the case throughout this season. When he was out dealing with those injuries post-All-Star break, Rangers were playing their worst ball of the season. They fell out of first place in the American League West. At times, they were out of the American League playoff picture. They battled back, managed to lock up that wild card spot in the final weekend of the season. And I think Nathan Ivaldi returning to the rotation really kind of stabilized things, especially after they've dealt with the loss of DeGrom for the rest of the season. It looked like Max Scherzer wasn't going to come back. Now he's slated to start Game 3 of the American League Championship Series. Nathan Evaldi, prior to that injury, was probably among the favorites for the American League Cy Young Award. So he was having a fantastic start to his season. He got hurt, then came back and kind of stabilized things. He's a guy that's had a a lot of postseason success, too. I think we all kind of think back to that relief appearance he made back in the 2018 World Series where he threw six innings of relief, ended up getting the loss, but I think gained a ton of respect from every baseball fan out there. Just him gutting his way through that relief appearance in the 18-inning marathon against the Dodgers all the way back then. Evaldi has always been a, a really good pitcher. He's been one of my favorite guys to watch over the course of his big league career, whether it be with the Red Sox, with the Rangers. Uh, you know, He's pitched with the Dodgers, the Marlins. He's pitched everywhere, and everywhere he's pitched, he's had a lot of success. So I think the Rangers picking him up was one of the more underrated moves of this offseason, even though he missed a, a, a giant portion of the season. I think that contract that they gave him, the three-year deal, I think is going to be one that pays off handsomely for them.
3: Yep, I think so as well. And I think that that was such a big key for the Texas Rangers and being able to get to where they've gotten to. And certainly he was able to come up big. Once again, in game number two, it's joining me on the show. We do have Curtis Rogers. He does amazing work over at 710 Seattle Sports. And when it comes to the ALCS and the Texas Rangers, I was talking about pitching depth and I was talking about how big of an X factor Nathan Valdy is, but I'm not sure if you agree slash disagree with this, but I feel like things are setting up very well for the Texas Rangers right now because I do think that in this series, the shorter the series, the better it is for the Rangers. The longer the series, the better it is for the Astros because they would have game seven on their home field for one. I do think that the pitching depth still favorites itself to the uh, Houston Astros, but I do think that as of right now, the Texas Rangers, with how hot of a start they've gotten off to, it's really going to form for them and how they want to try to win this series.
2: Yeah, and I think that has been a big benefit to the Rangers' success in the postseason is that they have not had to go anywhere beyond the bare minimum of of games so far. Uh, They swept the Rays in the wild card round, and in the division series, they made pretty quick work of things. And now here they are in the American League Championship Series. You know, it's hard to pick against Houston, though, in this time of year, especially because of all the postseason success they've had. You know, this is their seventh straight trip to the ALCS. But you can kind of tell that this season, even though Houston did come away with the American League West crown, they just didn't have the same kind of magic that they've had in years past. They didn't lead the division hardly at all up until the final month of the season. In fact, I don't think they led at any point before the month of September came around, which is very uncharacteristic of that Astros organization over the last six or seven years. Right now, the Rangers seem to have really asserted themselves this season as a team to watch in the American League West, not just here in 2023, but going forward. They bring up Evan Carter, who is one of the game's best prospects. He was a top-ten prospect points during this season. He's on their roster. He's had a tremendous last couple weeks with this ball club. They take Wyatt Langford in the draft earlier this season. They've already promoted him to A. The two biggest names in their farm system, Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker, they haven't really delivered yet uh, on the promise that they've shown. It's interesting to see where this Rangers team is going to go. We know they're not afraid to spend, but, boy, they've got a lot of young talent coming up the pipeline as well.
3: Oh, they certainly do. And I we remember Kumar Rocker while well, he was over at Vanderbilt. That guy was absolutely awesome, but – Certainly things have not gone its way early on in his MLB career, whether it be injuries, whether it be getting drafted by the New York Mets. So that's certainly something to watch out for. But, all in no, all, I do like the upside that we are seeing there. And then when it goes to the National League side of things, we do not know how game one fared as we are doing this podcast. But just how surprised have you been by this run of the Arizona Diamondbacks? Because with the Diamondbacks, I do feel like pitching depth probably going to be exposed in this series. But I have been greatly impressed by the way that Brandon fought, who is most likely going to pitch game three, has been faring. And this has been a bullpen that has been ha- headlined by a guy that you know very well, Paul Seawald, that over the last month, month and a half, they have completely turned over a new lead from being absolutely horrible to being quite serviceable here in the last month and a half.
2: And Seawald is an interesting case because he didn't have such a great finish to the regular season for the Diamondbacks. I believe his fangraphs WAR was below zero. So he wasn't necessarily a positive in their bullpen, but that has all changed here in the postseason. He has been as locked down as it gets. I think back to last postseason when he was pitching for the Mariners, he struggled, still pitching some very high leverage innings. He's their closer, so obviously he's going to be getting the game's final three outs. Good to see him really put together a good postseason. He's always been a fantastic guy, and so you always want to root for his success. You mentioned the rest of the Diamondbacks pitching staff. Zach Gallen. for all the advantages that the Phillies have over the Diamondbacks, I think the Diamondbacks, though, may have an edge in terms of top of the rotation arms, guys like Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly, the Phillies have just been able to spend their way to where they're at right now. And I, I think that is a very aggressive way to build a ball club. I like what they've done, but boy, this back starting rotation, as we've seen, if they can get out and win the first couple games of the series and then come back to Arizona, tied 1-1, there's just so much unknown for the Phillies at that point. So I think Arizona is in a weird spot because They've got, you know, a lot of great pitching. You wonder if their firepower can kind of hang with the Phillies lineup, but I think this is going to be a closer series than people are probably giving Arizona credit for right now. They're a very hungry ball club. Urban Carroll is one of the most exciting players to watch in all of baseball. They just have a lot of great things going for themselves. They've got a great veteran in Evan Longoria in the middle of that lineup. He's played in a ton of big ball games in his career. Obviously, you know, going to that trip to the World Series with the Tampa Bay Rays. All those years ago, played some big games for the San Francisco Giants, too. I think it's important for young teams to have veteran presences like that. Uh, guys who have played a ton of games, a ton of big games, too. I think his experience has been very valuable to guys like Gabriel Moreno, you know, just all these young players that the Diamondbacks have on their roster. And I think this D backs team, they're not, you know, super well known across Major League Baseball right now, but I think over the course of this series, they're going to have a lot more names introduce themselves to Major League Baseball fans all across the country because, look, the Diamondbacks, they're not hardly ever on Sunday Night Baseball. They're hardly ever on Fox's Game of the League. Right now, they're going to have the focus of the baseball world at least half of it in the National League playoffs taking on this Phillies team that has really kind of been the darlings of postseason baseball right now, especially with how they handled that Braves series.
3: Yeah, it has been absolutely incredible what we've been able to see out of the Philadelphia Phillies because when they... We're going up against the Atlanta Braves. I said before that series, and I still feel it right now, that whoever won that series should be the favorite to be able to win the World Series itself. I'm not sure how much stock you put into that and how much you take a look at this Philadelphia Phillies team, but I feel like it was just such a confidence booster that they were able to take down the Atlanta Braves, who... I mean, they won the most games during the regular season. We all know what they were able to do. And I do think that with regards to four teams remaining here in the postseason, it is really the Phillies to lose with regards to the World Series, just with how great that home field advantage is coupled with that roster as well. Because I think that there needs to be a lot of credit to how difficult it is to win in Philadelphia.
2: Just the experience that they gained from a year ago, making it all the way to the World Series, coming from the wild card round, just like they did a year ago, I mean, The amount of experience that they gain from that I just think is so invaluable, even more so than the Rangers right now who are kind of experiencing this for the first time. I know a lot of ignorance can be bliss in a way when it comes to playoff experience because you just don't know what those bright lights feel like for a lot of those guys. I look at this Phillies team and just how they have rounded out this roster around Bryce Harper. Getting Trey Turner on that contract that was heavily scrutinized, he has lived up to it here over the last couple months of the regular season. Into the postseason, Nick Castellanos had a rough first goal of it with Philadelphia, but he has had a much better season this year. And then Bryce Harper, what more can be said about the guy? When he is on, he is one of the two or three best players in all of baseball won an mvp just a couple seasons ago and delivers in ways that very few guys across major league baseball can Is just such a blast to watch and then you look at this Phillies rotation as well they've got the arms to complement all that they've got going on offensively they're a really fun team to watch and they've really just kind of captured everybody's imagination here over the course of this run especially with that brave series I look at Philadelphia right now, Greg, I think it is very not hot take at all to say that they would be the title favorites if it came down to one of these four teams winning it. I think them in Texas right now are the two teams that I look at and I say, yeah, that would be a really, really fun World Series if both those teams made it. And what's interesting is that those two teams have kind of, you know, had a similar way of rounding out their roster. Really, you know, looking at free agency and trades in order to make it work for them, you know, you kind of wonder with all these teams across Major League Baseball looking to pinch penny and just say, you know what, we're okay with where we are. We don't want to take those big swings. Seeing Texas and seeing Philadelphia have the success that they've had, you know, yeah, it didn't pay off in any sort of like divisional crown because they're going up against teams like Houston and Atlanta. But still, as we know, postseason success is how it's ultimately measured in baseball. And Right now, those two teams have gotten in spades. Absolutely, they have. And, Curtis, it has been an interesting postseason
3: thus far. I was hoping we would get a few more games in the wild card and the divisional round, but I think that things are setting up very well for two competitive championship series. We were talking about it with regards to that Rangers versus Astros series. I know that you banged the drum a little bit for the years at a Diamondback, so we shall see what we get in games number one and two these next few days. And I know you're doing amazing work out there in the Pacific Northwest, Taking a look at the Seattle Mariners when they're in season. The Seattle Seahawks list goes on and on. So let hope get people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people are able to follow along on social media and other platforms.
2: Yeah, your listeners can follow me on Twitter or X, I should say. at a kid from Kent Instagram as well. SeattleSports.com is the place to be if you want to find all sorts of content. And then, as Greg said, you can download the podcast, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is. You get your podcast. A lot of of end-of-the-year reaction for the Mariners right now. Not a lot to speak of in terms of them as they've kind of gone home for the winter. But as Jerry Depoto is, you know he's probably busy cooking up a trade or something because that guy can't go more than a few weeks in the offseason. Making a move, I guess anticipate that. Anticipate news on Teoscar Hernandez, whether or not the Mariners offer him the qualifying offer. And yeah, we just got a lot of great stuff going on with the Mariners, the Seahawks. Heck, even the Huskies with a big win over Oregon over this past weekend. So college football is a big deal right now too. And then as Greg mentioned, in a couple weeks, it's college basketball season. So we're busy with just about everything right now, Greg.
3: Oh my goodness, that Washington versus Oregon game over the weekend was a big one. We've got a lot that is going on with regards to college football. College basketball is back in our lives in less than three weeks. Curtis covers it all. And, heck, Pacific Northwest hockey is really starting to take off as well. Every single time we get Curtis on the show, he does amazing work. So a big thanks to Curtis for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show. Now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Coming next, only one game on the betting board for the Tuesday. I give you picks and analysis for game two of the NLCS as we touch them all.
2: Sports Betting Innovative Analytics has taken the guesswork and emotion out of sports betting to bring you an innovative and trustworthy resource to enhance your journey to becoming a winning player. With industry-leading money-back guarantee options backed by their sophisticated modeling, they want to introduce you to a system that's not widely seen or available to help you beat the bookmaker. Specializing in NBA, college basketball, and WNBA, your first week is always free. Get started at sbia1.com today.
1: Breaking down every game every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson.
3: And we're back here, lovely Las Vegas, for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now part of the of family and podcast. It is always a pleasure to get Curtis Rogers aboard. He does tremendous work over at Seven Ten Seattle Sports. Taking a look at this game of baseball that we all know and love. Every single time he joins his podcast, he lends absolutely impeccable insights been joining me all season long, and for that matter, he's joined me quite a few times the last few years, so always great to be able to get him aboard. A big thanks to Curtis for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time in the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this Baseball Tuesday, which is one, as we... Touch them all. If a
1: game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all.
3: Do note that, as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter slash feed at g one and... Well, we've got only one game to go through. We didn't have a lot of openers until the game got like mid-game. So, the DK and our right-up pick and things like that, it might be moving around just a little bit. But, let's take a look at 971, 972 on the betting board. It is the Diamondbacks going up against the Philadelphia Phillies with Aaron Nola going for the Phillies and Merrill Kelly on the bump for Arizona. This was pulled before the start of game number one, but initial opener was the Phillies being a minus 142 favorite, plus 120 on the Arizona Diamondbacks with a total of eight. Overs minus 115, the under is minus 105. And if these are the numbers that we get market wide once the game wraps up, my DK Network right up pick would be on the over. I said my dollar at an 8.4, might be willing to even go up to an 8.5. Well, it's the way that Zach Gallen got lit up in game number one as. Romero Kelly, he just hasn't been the same pitcher when he has been on the road rather than when he's been home. It's this year it's been even more demonstrative. If you look regular season and postseason, he's got a ERA that's hovering right around about a 259 at home. On the road, this balloons up to a 393, and that includes postseason. During the regular season, it was actually a little bit north of four, so he just has not necessarily been himself. And the same does go for Aaron Nola. Aaron Ola, overall for the campaign, does have north of a 4-4 ERA. He's been giving up a home run and half per nine innings, but has been dramatically better at home than he has been on the road. On the road for Aaron Nola, he was given up well north of a 5 ERA, giving up about 1.8 home runs per nine. And he's been able to suppress that to more around 1.2 home runs for 9 innings, but still very much giving up the deep ball, and for Merrill Kelly, I mean, overall for his career, this is everything. 317 4.48 ERA, 440 ADRA on the road. His command does go a little bit wonky when he's on the road, about 8.8 strikeouts per 9 innings at home, 7 ass strikeouts per 9 innings on the road, and for the Arizona Diamondbacks, boy, would they have liked to have gotten a little bit more out of Zach Allen. He was able to complete 5, but Gave away five runs in that time span. This is a Diamondbacks team that entered into Game 1 of the NLCS very hot with their bullpen. As a matter of fact, if you take a look regular season and postseason, this has actually been the best team with regards to bullpen area in that time span as they've been able to register about a 2.17 ERA in that time. But very much have my question marks as they were a 4.22 bullpen ERA team during the regular season, 18th with regards to bullpen ERA post-All-Star break even with that great September. And going up against a Philadelphia Phillies team that's averaging about 1.5 home runs per game since August 1st regular season and postseason combined, about 5.7 runs per game. You saw Nick go deep once again yesterday. He is up to five home runs in his last three games. Bryce Harper was able to go deep. He's been able to supply north of a five hundred on base here in the postseason, and you just don't really get a break with this team. Johan Rojas has had a little bit of a rough postseason thus far, but I mean, he's been someone that has been able to move the line all season long. Brandon Marsh is hitting north of a 300 here in the playoffs, and for the years on the Diamondbacks, it's all about can they continue the new leaf that they've turned over with regards to their offense, because they were second worst in the National League with regards to runs per game from July 1st until the end of the regular season, but going into game number one, they had posted up four-plus runs in each, of their five games here in the playoffs and Corbin Carroll has been tremendous at getting on base. 538 on base as Marte of the Marte Parte along with Lourdes Gurriel all between 24 and 25 home runs. During the regular season, as we know, Corbin Carroll, he's able to do a nice job of being able to swipe some bags. You've had Tommy Pham be able to do an okay job for this team. Not necessarily tremendous, but the one thing I do fear in this one is that you're going to see a little bit of regression from Alec Thomas, Gabriel Moreno. Going into Game 1, these two guys have provided a grand total of six hits, and five of them have flown over the fence. I don't think that a... Home runs per hit ratio of about five to six is necessarily sustainable. So eh, it's a little bit of a question mark. You did see Geraldo Perdomo. Good DP yesterday for the Arizona Diamondbacks as well, but the bottom of the fold, it does have its question marks, and I do think that is going to be able to give a good start, and I think that you've got the more consistent bullpen. With the Philadelphia Phillies post-All-Star break, this team was in the top four. With regards to our bullpen, ERA Jose Alvarado has been able to supply a sub-2 ERA all season long. Even the likes of Matt Strom, along with Jeff Hoffman, They've been able to do a steady job as well. Zach Wheeler was able to really good length yesterday as well. So it does lead me to putting the Philadelphia Phillies as a minus 151 favorite, I'm going to be willing to lay up to a minus 150 with them. If we get a run line much like we were seeing in game number one, anything of a plus 130 or higher, I'm going to be willing to lay a run and a half with them. And then with regards to the total, uh, it's pr- most likely going to be my DK network right up pick. As long as we can get the eight like I was seeing a little bit before, I'm going to be taking a look at the over And That wraps things up. For the Tuesday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa Family Podcast, if you do like hearing from this Podcast baseball betting show. You're able to subscribe wherever your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Sit and tune in. If you have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able for those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at G nine underscore one. Keep in mind, letters Y M maybe does not matter as per usual. Please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, we'll fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast Five that five-star review. Big thanks to Curtis Rogers of 710 Seattle Sports for joining me in my last segment. Coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. And that means I'll be coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.
1: If you dare.
0: mo play